This is the Transportation Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you education, information, and inspiration only on MarketScale. Just to try to reduce crashes and keep traffic moving smoothly, they're going to want a computer behind the wheel rather than a human. If problems mean more money spent on transportation, it can hurt your bottom line. All the pressure is on the transportation side of things to keep on their marketing campaigns to hire more drivers. That's the biggest stress for the logistics market. Everyone has their ride. Let's hit the road. All right. Joining me now on the podcast is Josh Savory and Alex Azarito. Josh is the operations manager at the logistics company and Alex is the VP of sales and marketing. Guys, how are we doing today? Doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. Hey, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I'm excited to get your insight and uh, expertise on some of these uh, some of these topics and issues. So I just want to dive in and start off by asking, what are some of the differences between asset-based and 3PL uh, brokerage transportation providers? So Asset-based companies are companies that own their own assets. That's the straightforward definition of them, um, whereas 3PL, 3PL brokerages are just freight brokers. They're a third-party um, logistics partner that finds solutions by partnering with other uh, asset-based companies or other 3PLs, other sources of you know transportation solutions. Um, what you see now is uh, you know a lot of hybrid companies, so you know that that line hasn't been so easily defined lately as we've seen a lot of companies that they are, you know, uh, they identify as an asset based brokerage, um, companies that are able to broker out things that they can't cover with their own assets, but they do still own their own assets. Um, so what we'll be discussing today is the differences between companies that are more majorly, uh, asset base that are, they focus on certain areas, they have their own assets and they, they focus on those services, um, that they provide versus a more straightforward 3PL, uh, which is what we are at the logistics company, a straightforward 3PL logistics provider, non-asset based. So when we talk about these kind of things, what are some of the primary, uh, ways that you operate differently, uh, from a more asset based, uh, solution? So with an asset-based provider or a provider that owns their own trucking equipment, um, they are kind of pigeonholed into using just their own equipment where a third-party logistics partner or broker um, would have multiple carriers in place. Um, so we would have more options than we would going with an asset, a single asset-based carrier. Uh, so one of the things as I was reading around on uh, just on the industry in general, uh, one of the the things that kept coming up was tightening truck capacities, uh, and they've been a big talking point around the industry. So how can you guys as a 3PL uh, in your network be used to increase capacity solutions, uh, whereas maybe others would struggle to do that? So we're an asset-based company. From their perspective, they're seeing things from only their perspective. They're only basing capacity based on what they have available for their drivers and their equipment. They can only speak in terms of how many trailers they have, how many trucks they have in an area. From our perspective as a 3PL broker, since we're partnering with multiple different companies in multiple different areas, we're getting a little bit more of a broader perspective on the whole transportation industry. We're seeing what this company has available. We're able to say, okay, maybe this company might be booked up. So if you're only partnered with that company, it may seem to you that, man, I can't get anything booked out until two weeks from now. 
But if you're going through a broker or a, a, a couple brokers, you're getting their perspective, you're getting their wider reach and their network of carriers. So you're seeing what they might have available for capacity, or they have an extra company that maybe isn't within the network of a different company. So you're just getting a little bit more of a broader reach. You're getting a better idea of transportation in general. Um, and you're just getting a partner that's seeing multiple modes of transportation um, instead of maybe an asset-based company that only deals in dry freight or an asset-based company that only deals in liquid bulk freight. You know, if you're if you're dealing with a logistics broker, you're dealing with a company that they're tapped into all of these levels and all of these modes of transportation. So they're able to give you just a much more uh, a broader, you know, perspective and a, and a better idea of what the transportation industry is looking like. So it wouldn't be a stretch to say that your reach and maybe uh, what you're able to uh, to take on is exponentially larger just because of that network that you're able to uh, to work with. Right, our reach is is wider because we're partnering with with multiple other companies. Some asset based companies obviously have sister companies themselves, um, but when you're a non asset based brokerage, um, you're in you're in the business of information. You're in the business of partnership. Um, we're only as good as the carriers we partner with. And if we're not able to find capacity, we go out there and we find other carriers that that do have that capacity. Whereas, you know, if you're just an asset based company, you have 30 trucks or so in a particular area, and someone asks you for capacity and you're booked up, the answer is just no. You're not going to, you know, so, somehow just find more trucks. You only have 30 trucks in your arsenal. Whereas if you reach out to a company like the logistics company, we're going out, we're finding those companies that maybe you haven't heard of or you haven't reached out to just because they're not in your network and you weren't sure of that potential solution um, to get whatever it is you're looking to move moved. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm curious how technology maybe has played a part in making uh, what you're able to do a little bit more effective. Has has the advancement of technology at all, uh, you know, increased your ability to communicate uh, with your network and things along those lines? Well, definitely. I mean, we live in the digital age. We live in the information age. I mean, this is the time when if, you know, it, news travels fast, it travels faster now than it ever has. Um, so it just makes it a little bit more competitive um, as well uh, from the perspective of a brokerage where we know other brokers have access to the same technology we do. They have immediate internet access to broker boards. They have access um, via email to reach out to their contacts or um, you know their friends, their acquaintances, those partnerships that they've built over the years with some of these companies and they're able to get a quick response. So that just puts the pressure right on us to be just as quick um, with our with our responses. So we do rely heavily on technology. We rely on technology to show us where our loads that are booked are. We rely on you know GPS to give us real up-to-date tracking information. So we can be the company that, you know, is touching base with our customers and letting them know exactly where things are. So I think that for sure the push um, for faster, you know, more readily available and accurate information has driven technology to give us the ability to provide those kind of answers to customers and set us, you know, set us out from the pack. What are some of the challenges you come up against on a regular basis? And what are some of the concerns that you hear from clients and customers that, that you're trying to address on, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis? I think one of the biggest concerns, if not the biggest concern, is communication. Uh, that's one thing that we struggle with, coming from the customer to the shipper to the dispatcher to the driver. Um, and then you also throw the 3PL or broker, um, like the logistics company, into the mix. Um, so sometimes you have, you know, one too many cooks in the kitchen, 
or even, um, you know, there's a communication breakdown where the driver's not getting the specific loading requirements um, when he arrives at the shipper or if he didn't show up with the proper paperwork to load, um, that would be on the dispatcher or if the, uh, the information wasn't provided. So I think communication is a huge issue that we deal with daily. Um, and if we can overcome that, that's, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's a huge, uh, that's a huge win for us. How do you see the uh, the industry maybe evolving to try to uh, to accommodate and to uh, come up against some of those challenges and maybe overcome them? Have there been uh, advancements and pushes forward in communication? Or is that something that uh, that you still see as uh, this is going to be something we're going to be working through for a, a certain period of time? Well, some of the biggest things, I mean, you brought up technological advancements affecting our industry. Going forward, the biggest thing to look at is um, blockchain and how blockchain is going to affect the industry um, for it, a basic um, kind of rundown of what it is. It's a technology um, produced by IBM uh, that helps transportation companies manage exactly where everything is. It's a way to immediately see, okay, I can scan a barcode on this object, for example, in front of me, and I can, through this technology, trace every moment, every important date, every set of hands that this thing, um, you know, passed through um, from origin to final destination when it was um, packaged in a small box and delivered by Amazon before that, what warehouse it came from. And you can trace the entire trip of it. You can see every single company that had a hand in moving that product from A to B. Um, so I think that we're looking at how that technology is, is it's, it's putting those timely answers at the forefront of everybody's mind. That's the most important thing to everyone. That's their top priority to know exactly where things are in any given moment. Um, so I think we're, we're seeing technology affected that way. Um, we're seeing the, the industry just kind of going towards that. You want speedier answers. You want to be able to click a button. You don't want to call up a phone number, be on hold for 20 minutes, have someone constantly picking up, telling you, hold on, let me check with this. Well, now I have to check with the dispatcher. Five minutes later, tell you the dispatcher says, oh, well, the driver's cell phone is off because he's on break. So I'll get you an answer in an hour when he's off a break. You want to be able to just handle it yourself. You want to be able to click that button and get that immediate response without having to depend too much on others and, and you know, increase the likelihood that you're, you're going to have to wait a long time for an answer. Right. And uh, so I'm curious because you had some uh, some great examples uh, that I've read in the past just of being able to creatively come up with solutions uh, with transportation solutions, uh, you know, using third party logistics. What are some examples maybe of, uh, of times that you guys have been able to creatively kind of come together with the network to be able to solve some uh, some problems that your clients have come up against? Yeah, we had um, one pretty urgent situation um, towards the end of last year um, where one of our major customers, uh, they had a supplier who had a vessel coming into their main plant um, with a product. It was a liquid chemical that our customer had promised the supplier um, in the spirit of good business and, and to try to help you know move things along that they would sell uh, roughly 10 or 11 uh, truckloads worth of that material out of their tank just to make room in the tank so our that supplier could uh, have that vessel successfully deliver and there wouldn't be port to merge. It wouldn't be, you know, a crazy chaotic thing. The problem was our customer didn't necessarily have those customers, uh, th those POs lined up yet. So we didn't have a true destination. And that's where they kind of leaned on us as as their partner um, in trying to come up with a creative transportation solution, an all-in solution. 
Now, if they had reached out to just one company that only does tank trucks, there's not much that that company is going to be able to do outside of just offer you, well, I have a truck that's available every Friday for a delivery Monday, but you have to tell me where it's delivering. And and they kind of, they operate on a, on a more um, give me the order and I'll execute it kind of basis. Whereas from our perspective, we're out there trying to find solutions. So we're partnering with companies to lease ISO containers so we can have things to store this product in. We're reaching out to companies that do have liquid bulk tanks to pull the product from the main plant and bring that to the ISO tanks. We're reaching out to partnerships that we have with depots to store the ISO tanks. We're reaching out with other brokers who maybe through their network have other customers that are looking for the product. They have they have a shortage. It's it's just being tapped into that that information network and knowing, hey, you know, this is going on and we might have we might have the missing puzzle piece for you. Just like alternatively, you have what we need in a storage depot at a, at a much more competitive rate. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense just seeing how it all is able to work together and how you guys are kind of able to be at the hub of that. Um, as we hit a new year, I think it's it's common for people to look back at where the industry has come in 2018 and then where it's going in 2019. So when you look back at 2018, you know, summarize the industry for me and, and what you think that, uh, that maybe was learned in 2018. And then where do you see it going in 2019 and moving into the future? I think that the biggest struggle you're going to see in no, we'll even start that even better. Um, the main differences between 2018 and 2019, I think, is going to be the relationships that you have with your carriers. Um, we're already seeing it from our end, where we have carriers that are dropping us because of uh, lack of availability, and they have customers where they're trying to keep the the high volume customers happy. Um, and some of the small guys that, that are maybe a load or two a month, um, they're not really catering to. Um, so we're seeing that kind of on the decline. Um, but I think where this is going is it's it's going to come down to who is going to be the easiest to work with. Um, you have customers that are complaining every other minute. Um, and then you have, um, you know, people mixed in between where you have a broker that's trying to make his margin. And that's also, you know, affecting the marketplace. It's going to be uh, it's going to be different, I think. Um it, I think 2018 was a little unorganized. It was a little messy. I mean, with the trucking market, but I think I think 2019 is going to become uh, a pretty efficient market, uh, especially with finding trucks and, and being able to get availability with them, if that even makes any sense. I'm trying to figure out a better way to uh, to approach that, Josh. I mean, the, the difference is 2018, 2019. Well, I'd like to add to that that I feel like 2018 caught a lot of people by surprise. Yeah. I feel like it was earlier on in the year, the sudden um, boom of the economy. It was then the lack of driver capacity to match that rapid growth. I think a lot of clients, suppliers, and customers um, were caught off guard by that. I think most of the middle part of the year was spent um, by you know shippers trying to explain this to customers, why transportation issues and capacity issues were causing higher rates, were causing more delays. And I think by the end of the year, um, things were starting to settle. I think um, all parties involved were starting to get a little bit more on the same page as to what the industry looked like and, and what to realistically expect in terms of the time between placing an order and expecting that order to deliver and overall what the cost of that might be. I think last year was called by many carriers the year of the driver. I feel like drivers set um, a lot of the standards last year. Drivers got to dictate uh, more in terms of how they were paid. Carriers uh, were 
struggling, frankly, to put together campaigns to hire more drivers, uh, put more competitive pay out there, hiring bonuses, retention bonuses. Um, so you saw a lot of drivers shifting companies too, and um, kind of like a, a cash grab. You know, you have a, a, a lot of employees looking for the best opportunity for them and trying to strike. You know, while the iron's hot, while the economy's good, this is their chance from in the transportation industry to take advantage of that. So I think going into this year, it's going to depend how the economy goes. I know we we saw uh, towards the back end of last year um, a, a real halt in growth. Um, there was you know a lot of alarming a lot of alarming signs um, from the stock market within the United States. Anyway, um, obviously our economy is still strong overall, um, but it was definitely a drop. Um, between the end of 2017 and 2018 overall, um, you know, a lot of economists saw a, a, a huge, a, well, a significant drop in economic production. So that always ties into the strain put, put on the transportation industry. So I think it'll be a mix of, you know, companies looking out, um, seeing how the economy is is going to go in 2019. And I think it's going to be from a transportation company standpoint, a lot of pressure still on asset-based companies to continue to hire more drivers continue to find more creative ways to get more things covered with less um, drivers, just because there are still so many more orders than there are drivers to move them. Um, and and we'll, be, we'll be looking after it all year. That'll be something that we're paying close attention to for sure. Yeah, I think one thing that we could definitely add to that is, uh, I don't know if mess is the word, but it was, it, it, was, it was messy from a transportation aspect due to new regulations, electronic logging devices, um, dispatchers trying to get into this new groove of making sure their driver has enough hours to load, unload, and still have, be able to take his stops. Um, where, where you had loads that would go from Texas to Pennsylvania, which used to be a two-day run, now it's a three-day run. So you have to, you know, logistically, you got to better, you know, better yourself and make sure you're getting everything covered. Um, so, but I think 2019 is, is going to be a good year. I think it's going to be efficient in a way that people are going to be running their trucks more efficiently with, uh, and, and give us better availability and give us better where, where, where these carriers are. Uh, one thing that we're, that we're dealing with now is knowing where the driver is. So we're doing our daily check-ins to make sure all the drivers two hours from the shipper, hope he's three hours from the consignee. So, um, I think it's only going to get better here, especially with technology getting better. It sounds like what you're describing, at least in part, is similar to what other industries have experienced, just so that we're in such a uh, phenomenal period of technological growth that with each advancement, uh, it, it creates two or three unforeseen questions that have to be answered. And it sounds like that's what the industry was dealing with in 2018, and you expect to be maybe answered a little better in 2019, a little bit better prepared for. Yeah, definitely. Um, just to kind of echo Alex's point earlier, um, you know, you had regulations that were now suddenly being enforced that it took a lot of time for companies that weren't just transportation companies to get on the same page as far as what those regulations really meant and how they directly affected um, their timely deliveries. Um, likewise, I think there's a lot of uh, questions about future technology in terms of how tied in everything is. Um, we were talking a little bit earlier in this about that web of information and being tapped into that network. There's definitely concerns out there um, about privacy, um, just like there always is whenever we talk about technology, the information age, um, there's a lot of sharing. And with all of that sharing, there's definitely that worry of a lot of companies um, that thrive from keeping their information private um, that, you know, those are those are very real concerns. And, and we'll definitely see, you know, how the industry, how technology can 
you know, assuage those concerns. So if at the end of the day, I'm a business and I'm looking for a solution for moving my products from point A to point B, and I come to logistics, uh, the logistics company, uh, what is the, uh, what, what, how would you bullet point the pros and cons to uh, asset-based versus 3PL? I think the biggest thing that you're going to look at is you're going to be saving uh, time, resources, and money uh, with going through a broker versus going through asset uh, based company uh, for the sheer fact that you haven't uh, you have let's say for example you have five orders in your desk all five of those orders are booked with five different carriers two of those orders have this dropped off due to the driver on the previous load had got held up at the customer um, due to slow unloading and he's running out of hours so he's not going to be able to cover that load um, so instead of you trying to um, spend that time on trying to find a driver or a new company to cover that load, you have another load that's also falling off. So this is where a broker would come into place where he has all these different contacts already lined up. Um, you come to the logistics company, for for instance, and we have all of our carriers already lined up on speed dial where you would have to go in, find this carrier, oh, do you have availability, go to the next carrier availability. Meanwhile, you just had two new purchase orders come in that you have to get fulfilled and put in the system. So I think that's that's definitely a place where you can kind of save time and have someone kind of do the dirty work or, um, you know, put the legwork in to get those loads covered for you. And I think um, the other major thing in terms of cost saving you money um, when it comes to negotiating freight rates, it is just better to go through a broker to have your freight through a dedicated um, broker partner. Um, the broker is someone who they are getting freight from other customers as well. So if it's all going through them and they're presenting that to their carrier base, they're already doing, as Alex said, the, the down and dirty work of matching up what is the most appropriate loads to give to those companies, what are the most appropriate companies that can adequately service that, that lane um, or that business. And if you are a shipper reaching out to just one asset-based company, an asset-based company to get you the same kind of rate, they're, they're looking for uh, more contracted rates. They're looking for contracted lanes. We want to know that we are doing this lane three times a week, every single week for the next six months. If your business is more, well, this is just a spot business and I want to get a good rate on this lane, but I'm not really sure how often it's going to ship. I'm only shipping this once a month. You're better off going through a broker because you're adding your one piece of business to that broker's whole pie. And now they are in a better negotiating standpoint with their carriers than you could be bringing only that one load to the table. That broker has everybody else's and they're able to drive down the rates for everyone because they're the ones going to the carrier uh, with, with all of this business and saying, well, we can give you this, 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 and this. Yes, it's for a whole bunch of different you know customers, but if it's all going through that one broker, for example, if it's all going through the logistics company, we're in a better position to negotiate a better freight rate than a shipper who's you know, only offering that one lane to that one carrier. That is Alex Azarito and Josh Savory, the VP of Sales and Marketing and Operations Manager for the logistics company. Guys, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. 